sense and a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Now I hear people share that, but they usually drop out the seemingly, you know. We recover from a hopeless state of mind and body, but there wouldn't be any recovery from a hopeless state of mind and body. <laughs> because it was hopeless. You know what I mean? Hopeless that also has a meaning and it's not it can't be dissuaded by recovering from. You can't recover from a hopeless case. Yeah. <laughs> so the word seemingly is in there, which it says uh, we are hundred men uh, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So seemingly one of the definitions that I found was it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah. That's basically the go word word here, seemingly. That's why something can seemingly be the worst thing that ever happened to you, and then seemingly appear to be the best thing that ever happened to you, because there isn't any worse or best as an inherent idea. Yeah, It's influenced by the one who's observing it, or having it, or seeing it, or living through it, or experiencing it. So, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. It's not a nice axiom from the Course in Miracles. These are ways of explaining how this place is happening. Yeah. I mean, the day-to-day seeming experience of this place, how it's happening, has been broken down by many uh, traditions, Buddhism and stuff. Buddhism is probably has the best psycholo- psychological uh, take on the mind of anyone, you know, of any movement. They've studied it for thousands of years. They have tons of treaties around it of how the mind works here. Because why? It's important, in a sense, so that you can recognize maybe you're not that which appears and is reinforced to feel seemingly so real. Yeah? That every time there's a feeling that I, I, that the thought is mine, the thinker, I have a feeling of being the thinker. Yeah? I have a sense, it's a, like a, a tactile sense that I'm doing the thinking. Yeah? That I'm responsible for this thinking. And therefore, I'm, as soon as I'm responsible for the thinking, then I'm also open to guilt and, and shame and everything else surrounding that thinking. Just like the same with action. When an action happens through this thing, of course it feels so like I did it. I haven't done it. No one else did it. I'm the one who did this. Yeah. As soon as that's in place, then there can be a lot of opinions about that action. Maybe you thought it was a good action, but the opinion of the society was a, was a bad action. And it can be very, very uh, confusing. Like for me, when I got loaded the first time, it was like medicine. You know, I was suffering from something, a mental disease called alcoholism, and I found something that gave me relief. So, to me, it was a good thing. But society and my parents looked at it as not a good thing. They didn't see that it was sort of like medicine for the illness Paul was suffering from. They saw it as something that I was doing, and I was responsible for it, and knock it off, you know. And if you don't knock it off, you're going to get punished for not knocking it off, with the hopes that that will stop you or cause you to knock it off. But that didn't work for me, because the alcoholic of my type is I am, I don't know how I'd be now, but I was, willing to pay any consequence tomorrow, not to feel uncomfortable now. So no, no, no matter how severe the threat of punishment was, it wasn't sufficient to move me off of that movement, you know? So, from their view, I was doing something bad. To my view, I was just trying to get relief from the condition I was under, yeah? That's very confusing. 
It's a big conflicting energy happening. A lot of different meanings are going on. You get the relief, you can't deny that seemingly, but they're saying you can't have that relief in a way. That's how I heard it. And I said, well, basically, fuck you. I'm going to have that relief because you're not providing me any relief for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's really uncomfortable being obsessed with this idea of Paul. And I need some freaking relief, you know? So, this whole idea of seemingly and virtually and... It's just how this dreaming is occurring, yeah? The dreaming has a very large ingredient in it where there's a perception of the dreaming, and from whence that perception is coming from, that perce- where that's coming from is taking itself to be the one that's perceiving the dream. So even if it realizes the dream's unreal, it still thinks it's real, yeah? There was a great Raman Maharshi, says a lovely, one of his little stories in a, uh, his collected works I read when I was younger, from like 35, I think like 33 to 36, they transcribed all these talks he did in India in this big book. I really love that book. So he says, all right, you're, you're in a movie theater, and you're watching the movie of life, you know, basically, you know, in other words, you're in your life, you're watching the movie of life, and you realize it's not real, Yeah. Very, very clear. This isn't real. This is a movie. This is like a dream. But there's a sense that you're real, observing it that way. He says, "You're in. You're still in the. You're still on the, in the circle, bro. You're not. Out, you're not the context. The circle is. There's the. There's the screen. There's you in the auditorium. You thinking you're real. That's also the dream. Yeah." It, it's not you're waking up to the dream and you're real in the dream. That's the dream, still. <laughs> That's one of the aspects of the dream, is where you start thinking, oh, nothing's real. Like, take some acid, you may have that experience. You know, nothing's real here and this and that, but you're fucking thinking you're real as hell. You see, this is the fail-safe mechanism of the mental process. It constantly clicks in, no matter what is what it's approached with, whatever evidence or information it's approached with, it has a fail-safe mechanism. There's always still a feeling that it's you that's getting the message. So when you hear that there is no you, it feels like you're getting the message that there is no you. So now now you're hoping to become a non-you, but as the you that you are. It's a very tricky thing. So a lot of people are in that thing. They've heard the message, but they want to be there to get it. See, that's the trick. <clears throat> You're not going to be here to get it. <laughs> that's the, like a Ram, uh, Ramesh Balsakar guy. I love this joke. He said, had a great joke. He said, all right, you're in a spiritual group. All right, and you're going to make an offer to the group. And, he got, and the offer is, hey, which one would you rather have? A million dollars or enlightenment? And of course, all the spiritual seekers raise their hand. Go oh, enlightenment, enlightenment, enlightenment. Well, he goes, I'd rather have the million dollars because at least I'll be there to enjoy it. <laughs> That's sort of what enlightenment is looked at. It's looked at in a spiritual realm, the coin of a spiritual realm, like the million dollars. I'm going to be there to get enlightened. See, that's the real drive of selfing, is always to be included, yeah? So it seems obvious you're more included with the million dollars, so you made a nice joke, but on a subtle level, you're still hoping you'll be included with the enlightenment. Because you think if you're spiritually bent, you think that enlightenment is worth more than the million dollars. But there's still a feeling that you want to be there. It cannot not arise, it kicks in. 
Yeah? It's like it's everything is taken after the consciousness has been, let's say, high take you know, stolen, and now you are the one who's conscious. Yeah, so when anything happens, let's say an action happens, it's you doing it, you know, maybe there's a desire, it's you having it, let's say there's a spiritual desire, it's still you having it, yeah? So anything that comes into the, uh, under the, uh, the gaze of consciousness gets claimed by the mental process, and it, it puts you in there, yeah, the sense of you. So... That's what's called spiritual seeking. It's just like if you were seeking a better position in the corporation you work at. Spiritual seeking is a similar fashion. There's a you that's going to become a better you if it finds out there isn't a you. Yeah? But there's still a you involved. It's very difficult to sort of extract that from the process of the mental. Because whatever occurs, whatever the mind comes in contact with, like this old Buddhist teacher, Tibetan teacher said, in his famous book, uh, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, this guy Trungpa Rinpoche, in the first paragraph, I think, he says, one thing you need to know about the ego, I'm paraphrasing, that whatever it comes in, it's going to take advantage of whatever it comes in contact with. So consciousness is what's in contact with, but through consciousness, the mind gets in contact with things. It sort of pushes the consciousness aside by saying, I'm the one who's conscious, and then the mental process claims whatever consciousness has brought into the light, yeah, and claims it, and now tells a story based on it, yeah. So it uses the lighting, yeah, and yet it makes the play all about me. <laughs> There's not, nothing right or wrong with it, it probably won't work for you, though. Because the more you have, in a way, the, the emptier you get. And it's a weird dynamic here. If It's better not to reach all your goals, because then you can still have the hope the goals are going to turn the switch on and you'll be happy, joyous, and free. But when you have reached a, a number of things you thought were going to bring you to that point of arrival, and you, you immediately bought another ticket and departed for another journey, you know, looking for something else, it can be really uh, disillusioning. Yeah, so sometimes it's better that you don't have those things because they can still mean that they're going to save you. If you've been if you've been through a couple of saviors or fairy princesses or the knight in shining armor on the white horse, if you've been through those things and they've been sort of less than savoring, uh, saving, you know, they, it didn't translate into a stabilized happiness, joyousness, and freedom. Then you're going to have to come maybe to the to confrontation of that the system that you're relying on has failed. You know, it can't seem to seek out happiness, joyousness, and freedom. It gives a lot of name to things to symbolize it, but it doesn't seem to really translate into that sense. Yeah. So after a while, you're going to be disillusioned by it. Now that can lead a lot of ways. Maybe you start doing drugs. Maybe you do this. You say fuck this, and you're just going to go for it. You know, I'm just going to get high. But very rarely does it question the sense of you as being the relative, relevant, authentic, real one. Yeah, That's why I love this message, because it questions the reality of that one. And how does it question it? Because look at where that one, look at where that one has to be bedded with. It has to be bedded with seemingly. Everything has to seem to be so. Yeah? Either way, for that thing to seem to be so. So the head goes, this was the worst thing ever happened to me, then this is the best thing ever happened to me, but Des never realizes that it's 
Obviously, that isn't the worst or the best thing because it needs that thing, worst thing, and best thing to keep re- implying that there's this thing. Yeah. When you see that it's a perceptual little story going on, or like a magician's trick, then you may start looking back at the magician and see that there ain't one there. You know, like the walk, the uh, Wizard of Oz, and the little guy behind the curtain. You know, a lot of light and smoke and stuff, but when you rolled it down, it was something totally different than you thought. Yeah? Well, that's in a way happens. When you start looking at, well, who is, who is it that's having these perceptions? And then you realize that's a fucking perception. Yeah? That there isn't anyone who's having the perception. There's perceptions that are happening, and then there's a mental story about them that there must be one, a one, who's perceiving all these things. That's a story. It's a mental story. And so for the mental story to keep having so much impact, it has to be told over and over and over again. This has to be reinforced. It has to be reapplied. Yes? So let's say if I'm not inherently here as the way I'm taking myself to be right now, yeah? there's a feeling that I'm here, but that doesn't mean I'm here. Yeah? And so how do I... How do I get, how does that reinforce, how does that feeling get reinforced if it's not reinforced by actually being here? If I'm not being, if I'm not on the pulse of being, then I have to have another source of seemingly being. There's got to be some causes and conditions that cause me to seemingly be here. Now, what are those causes and conditions? If you're not here, then the only way, the highest you can be here, if you're not here, is to seemingly be here. Yeah? It's appearing to be true or false to me. It appears to be true that I'm here. Yeah? So, in a way, I'm not here at this moment as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, but I can seemingly be here if what? If certain causes and conditions are going on. Yeah? Because if those causes and conditions aren't going on, that feeling of being poor won't be going on. So, okay, the mental process. It can't find validation in and of itself here, so it goes into what it's made up for the past, and it has a lot of validation of you being there. Yeah? You have a whole history of a life that you have been in. Yeah? You were born, supposedly. Someone told you that. You really didn't witness that, did you? You know, oh, you have pictures of when you were a baby, and they say you're Paul on the knee. So you have all this thing, yeah, that tells you you were here, yeah, and you have all these thoughts right now that seem to have a lot of importance that you're going to be here. You know, you have a lot of thoughts about situations and how they're going to affect you later on. Yeah, so there's a lot of thoughts in the thought system that are about you in the past. And they're about you in the future. Okay? Now, if those thoughts are going on and they're doing their and they're being used how the mental process used them, yeah. So when my mind thinks about me, I'm not usually pictured as a body, yeah. And so it goes, okay, Paul, you are obviously you were there. Yeah, look at all these pictures. Look, you remember fourth grade? I just went to my 20-year high school graduation. That was my first girlfriend, all that. Okay. You have tons of evidence you were here. Yes? Maybe even some YouTube things. You know, I did a talk in 2008. I was here, look at it. There I am, giving the talk. Just as wise as ever. And then, there's these thoughts that you will be here. 
You don't have a real, there's not much evidence there, so it has, it just barrages you with an avalanche of thoughts about you. <laughs> if, it, if it has a big enough snowstorm, it'll almost look like it's all white. You know what I mean? It just keeps, oh, I'm so fucking worried about next week, blah, blah, blah. Yeah? So then, the mental process now has remembered itself in the past. I was here. Obviously, these thoughts are so important because I will be here. I mean, why would they have any importance if there wasn't a strong belief I will be there? I mean, if I had thoughts, let's say, even if it wasn't a great day, but I'd rather be in the day that I'm in than somewhere that I'm not, yeah? So let's say I'm here during this day, and it's pretty cool right now, and then all these thoughts would arise in my head about what's going to happen to me three years from now. If that, if I wasn't that me that it's concerned with, I wouldn't give it almost any attention, would I? If I had any say, my attention would just stay with the invitation that's at hand. You know, I'm hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. I'm, a, you know, I'm available to this moment because this moment is here. Yeah. But so I, there's got to be a feeling that they're about me for me to be really interested in those thoughts. Yeah. Don't you think? So my mind is remembering itself when it's thinking about the past, or is remembering self, which we call you and me, yeah? and then it remembers itself when it's thinking about the future. It doesn't, it's not, remembering is only not in the past, it's using the future and the past for the same thing to remember you. So it goes like this, I was here, I will be here, therefore I am, basically. That's its logic. Check it out. I definitely was here, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be here unless I pass away in this very second. But I have a strong feeling I, oh, <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But the, the leap is, oh, so I was here, I will be here, therefore I am here. And there you go. Bingo. Now it's got it. Now the mind is obsessed with this idea of being Paul. Yeah. So it's listening to all the thoughts that keep remembering Paul. All the situations being rehashed you're being remembered as the one who was in the situation. All the experiences that have been that have been tattooed with guilt and shame, all the actions, your mind's reaping the, and cultivating that field to get a sense of being the one who did those bad things, yes? So basically, it's constantly in the business of seemingly, or of remembering you so you seemingly be, so you seemingly are, yeah? You can't actually say you are, as this action figure, this little idea, but you seem to be here, and you feel it. I definitely feel like I'm the doer when I, something happens, and I definitely feel that I'm the thinker. It's like, yeah, and uh, you know, I definitely feel that there's a future for me, and I better be really concerned about what's going to happen to me. Not because it's an empty slate or an open uh, slate. I have tons of negative ideas that it's going to be. It could be really bad, so I'm super concerned about the future, yeah? Because I, I sure want to be okay. I don't care if I'm okay now. It's more important that I will be okay. And maybe it's more important, oh, this day sucks, but I once had a great day. So just, you know, by seeing it, by hearing something like this, then let it in and see if it makes sense, yeah? Let it in, see it makes sense, and then you'll say, hey, if I'm given everything all the meaning it has, which is, okay, here I'm in the movie, and now I, I was given this, this movie, 
the meaning that it was super real. I've now seemingly woke up and I'm now seeing not to be real, but you've missed one little part. You're, they're still giving this, the seer of the movie, this reality. Yeah? So don't miss. If you walk out of the auditorium, yeah, you're still in the dream. Yeah? Because you're still real. There's the feeling of you still being real. That's the dream. There's nothing wrong with dreaming, but it would be nice to know it. Because maybe you'd have a little bit of a... You'd be able to travel later over the situations here. Because as you know, it can get very heavy here. Okay? People could gather together on one day of the year for a dinner, and all hell can break loose. You know? If they're in the frame of a family. You know what I mean? Uncle Fred comes, and you know all... You know Uncle Fred, Uncle Fred, you know, whatever. There's always something, or Uncle Paul, myself, the black sheep, oh yeah, Uncle Paul, make sure he doesn't go in the bathroom for too long. Probably shoot up some drugs in there. Well, like this, yeah? Just the one dinner, one day, it has, it can be used on a mental level to just fucking have a huge emotional and fucking mental fireworks. (laughs) Because of the meaning it's giving everything, yeah? People are rehashing shit from the past and worrying how it's going to be in the future. We're on a giant little... We're all together just to remember ourselves, in a way. You know, It's like when I used to fly back to New York and I'd, take, I'd stay in the city. I couldn't go right to my family. <laughs> it would be too much. I needed decompression. So I'd visit my friend in the city, decompress from wherever I was, and get ready. And I'd take the train back from Manhattan to Long Island. It was a 49-minute thing. And I could feel as I was driving... All of this, all the remembering of me was coming over me as if I was putting on a whole nother set of, like a suit of skin almost. You know, I had, there were so many old ideas about me in relation to, to this, to this family and to my hometown, always getting arrested and everything. It was like, it was, I could feel the heaviness each stop I went. It was, and by the time I hit my hometown, it was complete. I was that Paul. <laughs> that Paul who did this, did that, did this, did this, and nothing's going to come good out of Paul in the future, and why the fuck is even Paul coming to this thing today? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. It didn't matter what my family thought, they probably loved me, but I thought, there's no way, how could they love me? Look what I'd done in my life. Look what I did to them. What do I do? This is the building up. This is the the reinforcement, the application of a glue, so to speak, so that your mind, which could be inherently free, because it is free, yeah, in a sense, so that mind can be bonded to this idea of being a Paul or a Jim or a Deb, yeah? And therefore, it's definitely not a... It's not, in a sense, what you would call a natural bonding. So it doesn't really... It has a tendency, it's like water and oil, it wants to pull apart and realize what's going on, so the glue has to be applied all day. Yeah. So that there's the thought system. The thought system called self-centeredness keeps applying the glue that you're the center of this whole system of thought. So if you're listening to the thought in a certain way, all it's doing is is broadcasting or heralding or trumpeting the, the sense of being a self. Yeah. So... It's not as if you're being fooled by anything out there. The mind is doing the fooling. It's giving everything the meaning it has. There is a solution. From the solution's view, there is no problem. That's a real good solution. 
Because then there's no need for even a solution. That's really good. Yeah? If a solution can be quote-unquote temporary or temporal or of a place that's in time, yeah? So there's, it's like there's another thing about Ramanas where you have this thorn in your foot and it's bothering you when you're walking. So as you're living, yeah, every time you're walking around, it hurts. So there's the thorn of self-centeredness, okay? So now there's another thorn comes. And you take this thorn, which is, hey, maybe you're not that long-lasting, independent, separate entity, yeah? And you take this thorn to use, to get the other thorn out. You don't replace the first thorn with this thorn. You'll still be uncomfortable, but you'll, you'll be saying there's no one there to be uncomfortable. But you'll still be experiencing discomfort. But you'll have a philosophy that says, well, there's no one there experiencing discomfort. It's not serving you that well, I don't feel. But the second thorn gets thrown out, because you want the foot thornless. It's not like, oh, if I just change thorns, it would be better with this thorn than that thorn. You know what I mean? It's better than not to have a thorn in the foot. Yeah? So, there's the solution to the first thorn. It is the solution to that, the second thorn. But as you pull it out, when there's no problem anymore, or the problem doesn't exist, then there's no need for the solution. It goes, yeah? That's a solution. That's a really workable solution. Because now you're left with what's inherently going on as what you would be called, you could be calling a goal that you wanted to find from all you're seeking. You immediately, I mean immediately, are left with you are what you're seeking. It's right where you are, right now, at all times that you seem to be here. It can't be anywhere else. So the whole idea of Put, getting frequent flyer miles and spiritual seeking and all this and all that, though rather it'll keep you busy, that gets to be seen in a whole new light because the seeking itself could be a way to be blind to what's seeking. Yeah? If I keep seeking for something and, and what I'm actually seeking for is what's seeking, then maybe the seeking has to be looked at a little bit. Yeah? Because it would be causing me to be blind to realizing hey, I'm what I'm looking for. Yeah. If I'm what I'm looking for, I usually stop looking for things. <laughs> you know, it, it hits me, hey, I'm what I'm looking for, and the, the looking seems to go through a severe shift. You know, it doesn't keep going on because it's pretense, it's the, the rug underneath has been pulled out. You know, <laughs> right, I'm, I'm what I'm looking for. Well, can I be better at all this? And all these, all the mind tries to get this impossible message with its own understanding, and it can't embrace it. It can't get it. It can't, doesn't have the ability to embrace no thing. It doesn't have the ability to leave things as they are. It always sees them as something else, yeah? So there's a point of mental frustration because it's difficult, truly, when it's confronted with nothing to make it something. And I would say you are nothing and your mental process has made you something called Paul and Steve and Deb and everything like that. And so when we try to use something to find nothing, we're going to make it something because that's what happens, yeah? That's what... After, after, in a sense, if we're, if we're, we're, some, we're an idea that has been made, then that same thing that made this idea is going to make an idea of nothing. It's going to make an idea of everything we come in contact with. 
Yeah? You believe you're immune to it, that you're the inherent, real, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. This has been given a meaning. Yeah? This whole mental story has been given a meaning by mind. Yeah? So, if this is a meaning, when it needs something, it's going to give a meaning. Yeah? It's just going to, it's going to be a conduit for another meaning. So, it's really interesting when nothing is so, so nothing, it overrides all the opportunities, all the uh, attempts to make it something. It just stays as it is, always available at all times, with no requirement necessary. And hopefully, hopefully, in time, you'll get exhausted. The mental system will get exhausted and surrender. It just fucking gives up. Yeah? It's like the mental pants fall, it doesn't pick them back up. It just feels like, I'm going to go pantless from now on. You know, it just, it just can't, you know. It's just, this thing won't fucking budge, you know. <laughs> I can't make it into something. That's incredible. That to me is love, you know. So the solution, and how many solutions have we been through in this room? Many, many, many solutions. We were always hoping they'd bring us something yet. Yet, the pursuit of trying to get something with all these solutions usually ends up with nothing, yeah? Why not start with that? Maybe we're doing a reverse time thing. We've done all this stuff. We've run a f- fucking super far away from nothing by making everything something, looking for tons of solutions. Maybe it's just sort of realizing that all those solutions have led us to another, a mental nothing, and maybe take the cue there and then go to the nothing. You know, you don't go anywhere, it's there. Yeah? And just start sitting with that. See what happens. You can't know it, but you will find out about it because it's going to manifest through you. It's going to... It's going to make either alter the meaning you're giving things or give them a real sense of being meaningless or it's going to constantly be throwing the whole system that seems to be our active program into suspicion. It will just... quite Not that it will question it, it's just that it's light. Yeah. So when the light comes on the activities of the mental process, what's revealed is what's happening. It doesn't have any opinion, you just see it. You know? And you see it. And you see it. And you see it. And it's whole idea that there's someone behind all the seeing, that's still you. You're the authentic one who's behind it. After a few examples that all there is a seeing, that doesn't hold water. So you just get left with exactly how things are. That they only seem to appear to be. That's what they do. Yeah. So. There's no argument in the dreaming. There's only an argument when there's the dreamer. And there's a huge argument when there's the dreamt. Who thinks it's the subject, yeah? So, in a sense, this is a dream. Something's dreaming this. Yeah? This isn't... This is a dreamt object. This is not the subject. Yeah? There's dreaming. And it's not of a noun quality. It is not an individual, long-lasting, separate entity. 
It's not a thingness, yeah? So therefore, we have no idea of knowing it because it can't be felt, it can't be touched, it can't be heard, it can't be smelled, it can't be weighed, it can't be pictured, yeah? But it can... When all those attempting to make it into something get tired enough, then you'll really get a sense of it. When you stop trying to make it into something. You can get a a monstrous sense of it all at once, or you may also have that, and then have a progressive sense of it. Sort of like something that... uh, through the aging of it, gets gets uh, more tactile. You get to see it in an expression. And then you see there's a beautiful quality of time here to watch where wisdom, coming in all in a flash, has an impression of 40 years on an apparatus. You know? So you see these old wise people and stuff, and it's an amazing experience. I used to see this old Italian shoemaker. He was in his 80s. He was a devout Catholic. But I'll tell you, the atmosphere he was, and him being what he was, or what he is, was producing in this little shoe store, was a very attractive place for me to go. The guy was as bright as bright can be. It had nothing to do with the path of expression, Catholicism. It was what was expressing through that path. Yeah, It can make anything super-enriching. Yeah. The mind could make what most people would deem to be a useless life incredibly rich. That's its power. Yeah, because it's the dreaming of this place. So there yeah, you can have an opinion, this guy, in his little shoe store with all these, he used to make shoes for Mother Teresa and he had all these pictures of all these nuns and everything. But there was like better, better than a temple in, uh, in India for me. Because the, the livingness, he was on the pulse of that being. Now, it may be expressing through, like, orthodox Catholicism, but who gives a shit? It's what was expressing, that's what was so attractive, yeah? So, this isn't, like, this idea of this message isn't really a path to illumination. It illuminates whatever path you're on, yeah? I'm already on a path, I don't need another one. AA is more than enough for me. It's It's a great form of expression. My mind finds quite a, a great sense of uh, ease there, yeah? And the mind illuminates that way of life for me, yeah? Now, if I was in a temple, hopefully it would be illuminating that way of life. But uh, I don't attempt to, I don't try to find uh, a path that illuminates. I'd rather be the illuminating quality. That's on the path, yeah? Whatever path that is. We all have our seat assignments. So for me, the invitation is tailor-made from right where, right where you seem to be in the same exact situations you seem to be in. Yeah? There's an invitation constantly. In Sufism, they call it the beloved, <coughs> whatever you want to call it, but there's an invitation that's always at hand. So I may have had tons of opinions about Catholicism, but in his life, it was a perfect path of expression. <clears throat> yeah? And I sure was attracted to where he was at. 
Yeah. Now, does that mean I, I would do Catholicism to get to where he was at? No. Just realize I'm not that, and therefore I am where he was at. Yeah. That he wasn't doing Catholicism as a way to get there. He was his mind was doing it as a way to express where he was. Yeah. So what do you need to be clear about? Well, where you aren't, which is this little mental idea that's fluctuating as I was and I will be to appear to be so now. Yeah, you're not that. Entertain that possibility. And that's all it is, is entertaining the possibility. When it's so, you're entertaining it. When it's not so, you're entertaining it. Yeah. When it's not so, you're entertaining it sort of in a mental way. But there's a lot of intent in there. There's a feeling. There's usually people have an aha or an unspoken yes, so they have a sense that it's so... It hasn't turned into like a fruitful sense yet, yeah. And then when it has, it's the same entertaining. You're entertaining now, but there's a conviction and a certainty there, yeah. But they're still entertaining because it's always happening. So it's always it's always being it's always entertaining. It's always going on, yeah. Until the point where you pass away, when it won't matter anyway. At that point, so as long as you're alive, it's going on. So it's not like I go to a show and I entertain the truth. You know, I go to a retreat and I entertain the truth for a week. This, the, it's entertaining all the time. <laughs> That's the truth of it. The truth of it is entertaining all the time. Now, if you believe you have to be the one who's entertaining it, then vigilance and all this bullshit comes up, which you'll always fail. You always set your little. Somehow you'll change the the level of. You know what I mean. You'll usually you have a, a C minus or a D your, every day of your report card, your spiritual report card, because your head will be playing God with it because it thinks it has to do something to be there. But this vigilance is not vigilant. It's very relaxed. It's very diffuse. It's not a concentration of the mind. It's a, like letting the mind be free range in a way. Yeah. Letting it expand out, not contract on, a, on another object, because that's, it does that all day. Yeah. But to expand out, let it open up so everything, instead of the clouds have, capturing the whole frame of the picture, no matter what clouds will be in your life, you'll be sensing the sky around them. Your, your, your lens will open it enough so no matter what's going on that seems to be grabbing all your attention and telling a huge story about what was and what's going to be, there's, your lens is op- still more open enough to see the sky all around it. That gives it, it leavens the situation. You travel lighter around it. Because you see the sky is what's always so. The clouds come and go. Yeah. That's their nature. The sky is always there. Allowing everything to happen in it, but not to be affected by it. Put that in your head and entertain. That your mind is like the sky. It's an old Buddhist thing. Like an open, clear sky. Let your mind go with that. Instead of... Look at how when you entertain that you're no good or you're not enough. Look at the job it does there. 
provokes a lot of contraction, doesn't it? When you entertain that, why not go the other way? And my mind is like a, an open sky, allowing everything to move through it. Yeah? Allowing everything to have its a moment of expression, yet none of what's being expressed affects it. Its nature is empty and clear, brilliant, allowing all things to pass through it, yet not one thing that passes through it leaves a trace on it. That's how clear and brilliant it is. Nothing can touch it, yet all things appear in it. Now my mind hears that, and it entertains that. It expands out of this room. It expands out of this little configuration of being a Paul. It just expands immediately, as if nothing was always that way. Yeah? That's entertaining. Once it gets out of that mental closet, you know, it's like that marathon runner in the closet, you know, once it gets out and gets the atrophy out of its legs, it starts running, you know, five miles, ten miles. It's, it's very healthy and enjoys it very quickly, yeah? Am I, you know, worrying about, oh, my pants leg too short, you know? I mean, how many hours do you spend, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror? How do I look, you know? My better side. Let me see. Walk like this all day. It's better this side than this. Yeah. All that. That's just entertaining, isn't it? Why not take that quality and, and maybe entertain other possibilities? See what would happen. And then, if it's difficult to do, go to meetings and have it repeated over and over again. And so the mind gets used to that possibility as being one of the many possibilities it can entertain. Instead of just entertaining a very closed system called self-centeredness, which has a very limited set of possibilities, all structured in time. Like, yeah, it is possible that you will be okay, and it was possible that you're not okay, but you know you're not okay now. Or you were okay, but you really know, because you wouldn't be moving so much to try to get better. Yeah? That's its possibility of being okay. It's always put into time. Oh, peace. I once had peace when I went to Costa Rica at that retreat. And I will because I'm going away next month to Joshua Tree. You know? But the reality now is I'm not in peace. That's why I'm thinking all week about Joshua Tree because I think there's going to be something there that isn't here now. That's what the thought system does. It takes the jewel of all jewels takes it out of your own pocket now and hides it somewhere else at some other time. And then you're like a dog that fetches it. And yet you never find the fucking bow. Yeah. All you do is run, 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 run all day. You're not even having fun. You're bit, your tail's not wagging at all because it's not like a dog who gets a ball and just can do it all day. You're looking for something. <laughs> that Labrador isn't trying to get better to getting the ball. It just get, likes getting the ball. We got an intent. We're looking for something. I'm going there for a fucking reason. I'm going to feel better than I'm feeling now. Yeah? <laughs> One day it's going to end, man. You're not an urban renewal project. you got to give up. 
roll off the blueprints and call off the construction because you're not going to get better. Fuck it. You're inherently okay. And then maybe if you entertain that, you'll seem to get better. Yeah. But you're not going to be inherently okay by trying to get better. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Any questions today? No, of course not. Well, has it for you? Yes, I'm sure it has. Uh, I mean, stuff that comes up. Uh, no, I'm not. You, I asked you, has it subsided somewhat? Somewhat. Yeah. yeah there you go. You're onto something. In expression, there's there can seem to be time. Yeah. So if things are getting a lot better than they were, I'd go with it. <laughs> if they're getting a lot worse, maybe question what's happening. Yeah. So if you used to have a lot, a lot of doubts, now you have less doubts. Hey, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Don't 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 compare the lightness you're feeling now to your idea of the lightness. All right, please. It's a wasted adventure. Yeah. Mind loves loves comparison, so it gets this conceptual idea of how what it would be like if I was really free, and it measures itself each moment. That it's not there. Yeah? It's an idea. What you are is what you are. This expression is what's happening. Yeah? Let's say an expression, it tries to do the best thing it can do. It can never express truly that it is that, which is all there is. So it may seem to fill your life up more and more over time to make a very crude expression of the impossible description of that. Yeah, maybe that's what your life is being used for. Yeah, so it's, it's wonderful to enjoy as it's going. Yeah, the feeling is, of course, nothing gets deeper, but there's a damn feeling that it gets deeper. It's so like, oh, you, you, it's sort of like sitting on a couch in time. It has an effect. You get comfortable on that couch. Yeah? Why do we have to dismiss all that? It's a, this is the place of expression. And it's ruled by certain ideas of mind while it's dreaming. Two of them are space and time. So it takes time for something to manifest. And it takes space for it to appear in. So you're manifesting and appearing. Yeah? And it's taking time. That's why it can look like something's progressing. Enjoy it. It's a beautiful piece of art, really. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Does, um, for words, but does your memory, your, but like, does it, does it tend to collapse in on itself? Like, do you have. Well, I'm, I think I'm getting too old now, too, so I'm losing memories. Yeah. A lot. So, yeah. You find that that it is collapsing? I don't know if it has anything to do with spirituality, quote-unquote. I think it's senility, maybe. It's happening. Getting older. I do. I forget. And I don't don't have that much value in past and future, though. That definitely shifted, yeah. 
the, the, the mental system went through a revision. It definitely did. Because uh, you can't argue that you're here. Of course, we're not ultimately here, but you can't argue that you're here right now. This wins out all the arguments in the mental state of that, of there and then for me. This, the obviousness of here just produces an immunity to there and then. <laughs> I just don't see it as real. <laughs> you know, the future, maybe I should the future, you know, by planning a little bit, but the past, my whole idea of an idea about the past is, and I don't even need this idea, is that, hey, if it happened, it was supposed to happen. If it didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to happen. End of story, you know? Let's move on. <laughs> What's the point of mining, going back there to mine something? <laughs> All your tools are assumptions that are fucking totally outlandish, that things could be different, I should have done something else. All of this is just baloney. All the tools that we use to mine the past have been made up, just as the past has been made up. The if only, I should have, what if, they're just dead-end mental fucking trips. You think you're going to get a round trip, you get one way. You don't come back with anything. You just come back with more fucking mental uh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I should, I, if I wouldn't have done that. Oh yeah, but did you, did you do it? Well, as I seemingly did, yeah. You know? Yeah, it would have been great. I would have two kids by now if I was a woman. But I'm not a woman. So I haven't, don't have two kids. I mean, you see, it's insane. Some of the assumptions the mind believes to be so just to go off on its riffing. Yeah? So there's a belief that it could have been different. Where does that fucking come from? Where the hell does that come from? Do you have any evidence that it could have been different? Do you? No, you don't have any evidence. It's just a mental assumption that we're very lazy around, and then it just opens up a fucking Pandora's box that you usually feel so shitty once they open up. But once they open up the box, you can't get them closed. It goes from what if, I should have, if only, and then it just riffs, riffs, and riffs, doesn't it? And then the future, unbelievable. If you don't have a sense of being here, you won't be tethered to anything. You'll just, as soon as the mind blows that way, your attention will go there. If when it blows there, your attention, there won't be, a, the attention and interest won't be locked in or anchored anywhere. That's why this moment is valuable for that and that alone, as one of its great values, is you can anchor yourself here. Your attention and interest can be here, so it doesn't go there and then. Yeah? Because when it goes there and then, it affects here for you as this apparatus, you will feel contracted, you'll be racing, you'll be anxious about something that's not actually happening. Yeah? You will be at such a point of the mental takeover that you won't be responding to what is, you'll be reacting to what isn't. And that will be your, your experience here. You'll be experiencing a reaction to what isn't, instead of responding to what is. There's a difference between... Day and night. It's that extreme. Yeah. To be to responding to what is, is you've got all the wisdom you need to know to navigate this moment at this time. It's not a giant wealth of information. You have the wherewithal to see blue is blue and red is red. You're here. Yeah. But when you're in what's not happening, anything can happen there. So your mind is very, very obsessed with all these fucking possibilities that all are based on an incredibly insane assumption 
that you were once here and you're going to be there. And the mind's just ripping and it's having a huge effect, not in the past or the future, but here, now. Yeah? Your ability to respond doesn't seem to be able to do it anymore because you're now just reacting to thoughts. Like you'll be here, thought takes you there. You have no power. One thought held as yours has the ability to take all your attention and take you into what's not happening. Yeah. I've, I've met people. I, was, I used to drive with this person and they'd be sitting in the passenger side and I could have done it every second. I'd just go like this in front of them and they'd come back. Because they were just in a mental home. I could have been doing this the whole day. They said, how did you know that? I could have picked any moment and done it and I would have caught them in the same place. They're thinking, oh, how did he know I was thinking about something else? They were, that's all that was happening. So they thought it was like, oh, he's, he's got some special talent. No, I could have done it any second. It would have been, the person would come to again. They were like, they'd come to and then they'd go off again. It was that extreme. You could see it. So It was so extreme you could see it. It doesn't mean it was the only person who was having that. I'd say most people. But for her, it was so obvious, she was just blanked out. Her mind was just going there and there. Whatever you said, somehow when it was heard, it pertained to her. Not her as the person hearing it, but the person that was hearing something like this and probably will be hearing something like this. That's who it That's the reaction. The reaction of the self arose. Yeah? And then you're living an interpretation based on the sense of being that self. She would need to have electro... She'd need electroshocks and it still wouldn't work. As soon as the shocks were over, she'd go back in. I've never seen anything so... It was really, really persistent, yeah? Planking out. And then, her effects as an expression were that. She was incredible anxiety. Yet she had tons of money. Her health was pretty good, yeah? Yet none of that was enough to change the, the level of effect that what's not happening was happening on. What was happening is she had lots of money. What was happening is her health was good. What was happening is da-da-da-da-da. She had family and nice godkids and this and that. Grandkids, I mean. That's what was happening. Now, if there was a response to that, it would probably create an ease and comfort in her life. She would feel pretty good. But she wasn't able to respond to that. She was addicted to what's not happening. And in what's not happening, none of this mattered. It didn't matter how much money she had. She was still afraid about money. Didn't matter. Nothing fucking mattered, in a sense. To me, that's a mental illness. Now, that's an extreme example, but it doesn't matter how extreme it is. It can just be recognized when it's extreme. If it's going on, most people are not here during their day. You cannot not be here, but they seem not to be here. And in this place, seemingly is the biggest thing. If it, if if you're up the ass of self, if you're in that time thing, then you will seem to not be here. You cannot not be here, because you are all this is. You are this moment. But you can seem not to be in this moment as this little mental action figure. It will produce an effect here in the dreaming. It will. It can. It's an impossibility, totally impossible, but it can seem to be so. So here, 
being locked into this moment has value because you can be in another moment, seemingly. Yeah? That's the value of this moment. This can be an anchor to, so that you get, you have at least, when the thoughts and the feelings start sucking you this way, you, you hold, you know, it's like someone holding you by the feet. You don't go. And of course, it has to dissipate. It can't keep the pressure on because it's finite. It's a finite energy. Yeah? And the same way, you're still locked in and your feet are anchored here. But by what? By just acknowledging the basic raw data of this moment. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Every one of us is demonstrating it. You call it your seeing, your hearing, your feeling, but basically it's consciousness happening through all of us, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. Yeah? That's a damn good anchor. Put at least a little attention on it. Yeah? It will go a long way to, 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 to remedy you of the disease of mind. Yeah?